Welcome everyone to episode 108 of One Hour, One Decision, 1H1D. I am Chris. And I am Tom. And we take 60 minutes and play a random game on Xbox Game Pass and decide, does evil always come from within? Or is it more like it's from outside? Maybe. And the second time? This episode, we're going to be talking about The Evil Within 2 by Tango Gameworks. And this game came out back in October of 2017 on, I think, all platforms at that time. October is an appropriate month to release a scary game. It absolutely is. Absolutely. And we, of course, I played this on the PC. Tommy played it on the Xbox. On the PC, it was 34.6 gigabytes on the PC. Tom, what about you? 29.8 gigabytes on the Xbox. Hey, Tango. Well done for that. They know how to dance. They do. <laughs> they know how to dance, dance with those uh, gigabytes and hard drive spaces and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And the devil, question mark? Ooh, about to find out. But what kind of game is this, Tom? Uh, your favorite, Chris. Uh, third person survival horror. <laughs> yeah, I put third person action horror game. Because I didn't know, like, where where is the survival part of it? I mean, isn't that just... All games, life? All, yeah. all games are don't die. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I suppose so. <laughs> All right. So what is that game loop, though, Tom? I have investigate creepy environments to locate clues and advance the plot via triggered cutscenes. Wow. That was that was pretty descriptive. I just put progress the story by surviving the horrors. And you wonder where the survival horror is. Well, okay, you put it yeah. in your game loop. Yeah, yeah. All right. I guess. I guess. I was trying to be more generic with the first part and that's what happened so that's fair i suppose yeah so supposing do we like anything about this game <laughs> no nothing i my whole <laughs> likes column is blank that's that's not true um i want to say it has really great cinematic scene transitions yep um they do a really good job of like moving from scene to scene uh in a really cool way it's not yeah. like a Star Wars wipe, but it is. No. They do a very good job of moving from one uh, sequence to the next. I really like that. Yeah, I think they did a good job with that. Uh, I don't know if they did this in the first one, because, again, we were playing the sequel. And, uh, yeah, I think you and I have that same, like, with Uncharted, where it had that, like, you know, you would you would have a nice, like, uh, not a pre-rendered cutscene, but using this the game assets to do the to do the cutscenes and then seamlessly transition it's it looks it just keeps you in the game without like being that little jarring moments of like oh okay now i'm actually playing the game which oh. also can mess you up though right because yes like, you don't know if the cutscene's over and you're just kind of standing there like uh what happened now so it's true i mean i think it probably started with resident evil 4 um mm. you know with the this is <laughs> this isn't a cutscene this is, yeah. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> right I mean, these, I think, these are like the worst games to do that because, like, if something's chasing you and you're just still standing there, think it's part of the cutscene, you're like, "Oh, I'm dead." Okay, I guess I have to start over. Yeah, um, this game does a good job of teaching you the controls. I, yep. I love when a game makes me play through learning the controls. Uh, the prologue in this case does that for you here. Yep. Um, so you're you're playing the game, but also getting exposition and learning the controls all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and and really, this game I think gets you invested in the characters and the plot very quickly. Um, 
you know, sometimes you're just watching cutscenes for a long time and it's like, oh yeah, I, this is all exposition. I guess I need to know, but doesn't really draw you into the characters. It doesn't get you attached to them. Uh, this, you're playing it, you're experiencing yeah. it, you know, as yourself. Um, and the story is interesting. So it, it's, it's like, oh, I feel bad for this guy. Oh, the, well, look at all this stuff that happened to him. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the first scene is you walking into a house, a burning, burning house. Right. And yeah. trying to save your daughter or like, I mean, at least from the context clues that I got, like it was his daughter. So. So, yeah, I uh, I definitely see like you. Yeah. You're like, OK, I'm this guy. Like, again, you and I have not played the first game. So nope. that's what we got from like the fact that we could we could understand this guy's issues, his concerns and be like, OK. I'm 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 invested enough to see what where the story takes me. So yeah, uh, and it's a decent looking game. Uh, it's you know it's from 2017. Not, not not bad looking for what it is. It has that which makes sense now that I think about it because Shinji Mikami was one of the initial creators of Resident Evil, from what I understand, and that has those vibes of Resident Evil for sure. Like you know the slow plotting, uh, I guess zombies or whatever, and you know like overall creep creepiness of the game uh, has that um has it in spades so uh what, what else did you like about this game um to touching on exactly what you just said there i think it does a really good job of inspiring dread yeah. uh just like the original resident evil did with the controls here like you start off you don't have weapons uh, your view is obscured at different points in time so it creates this very claustrophobic very like i'm powerless in this environment uh, kind of feeling in you, uh, yeah. which is great if you're looking to create a horror game. Like, <laughs> you need to do that. Otherwise, it's just not going to be scary. Yeah. I didn't do this, but I saw you put this in your notes about the first-person mode. Yep. I was terrified because of my time playing through Resident Evil 7. I was like, I'm not playing this game in first-person, but uh, did you happen to play it in first-person? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, I, to I toggled it on. It, it toggled in seamlessly, which was cool. Okay. Uh, I will tell you that your feet are not visible there, oh, Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, if you play in first person. And it does have the, you know, because some of the cutscenes, right, are triggered and need to be in third person because that's just the way that the game is. Sure. It'll, it'll you know, camera back out, play through that oh. sequence, and then move you back into first person, you know, at, at the first opportunity. So. That's kind of a good thing i guess if you were not sure when you're playing the game or not right yeah, you could play it yeah. in first person and you definitely know when that's you're in control point. of your character that's a good point yeah uh, i'm i'm glad you tried that out i'm glad i didn't but i'm also glad that there was uh difficulty settings that were were pretty nice um you know I, I, like for me i i'm okay with third person games overall but like the fact that i can i don't have to get concerned about being stuck in a particular um, sequence or whatnot. And there is a casual mode, like for, for someone that just wants to go through the story and, and, you know, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm glad about that. And, you know, the controls overall, I thought felt pretty good. You know, the, didn't, I didn't feel any, like, I didn't feel like I was, because there's a, there's a cover mechanic in the game. Yeah. And I think it worked pretty well. Uh, I mean, it's probably not as snappy as like, say like a gears of war, sure. but it worked for what it was. Yeah, it probably doesn't need to be as snappy as it needs right. to be in Gears of War. Right. Um, but that said, they do give you the control and the ability to change that stuff around. So yeah. if you don't like the default 
layout, you can change it. Um, and I, I think that's really, you know, crucial to me. Uh, in my enjoyment of games is the ability to, to make those changes. So yeah, very happy to see those here, you know, the difficulty and also the control settings. Absolutely. All right. Um, is there anything else you want to bring up here about the likes or, uh, I did appreciate just a small little, you know, bonus that in the loading sequences, uh, it gives you a little recap of like what you just did. Um, so it's just like a quick set of notes, like what your character's up to, you know, right then and there. I I just appreciate it because sometimes when you're playing one of these games, maybe you kind of lose track of what your objective is. Yeah. Uh, And this was very, it was like, you, you went to the city and did this and now you're doing that. And I'm like, yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw that though. Maybe, I mean, maybe your game just loads so fast. Maybe, you can get I, them. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like that. Like there's the benefit of obviously having a game that that loads quickly and you can get to wherever you need to be. But these these little these little touches of like reminding because I, I I I totally agree with you. That's that's like such a nice thing to have because you know this kind of this is a kind of game where you know a very story driven. And for you to like drop it and then come back later, you know, a, a week or, or or a month down the line and be like, oh, where was I again? Do I have to start this whole game all over because I don't know what I'm doing? Like, it's nice to have that kind of uh, somewhere, somewhere in the game to tell you, hey, this is what you've done so far. So far, here's a recap and then go go about your business. But yeah, that's cool. That's cool that they did that. I'm I'm saddened that I didn't get to see it. <laughs> but yeah. anything any developer can do to to mitigate the staring at a screen waiting a bar, waiting for a bar to fill is a good move. Yeah. Um, and this was just a handy one. I just thought it was interesting. You know, a lot of times games have like little bits of lore or something, you know, yeah. loading through in the loading sequences. But this was much more like directed at, towards what you were actually doing in that moment and what you had just previously done. So right. uh, I like that as opposed to just, did you know your crossbow can shoot three bolts kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't care. all right so i think that's that's what we got for our likes and shall we go to our dislikes there tom yes unfortunately i have quite a few of these as well (laughs) (laughs) um but in fairness to the game a lot of these are personal so you know your your mileage may vary here uh yeah so the, the the plot I don't know it's pretty messed up it's pretty dark right from the from the jump uh, I just feel like characters made a lot of bad choices and, and you really don't have any, ch- you know, way to interact with that or change it. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're in a lot of ways on rails and a string of bad decisions that you know, nope, that's just what the character is going to do. So here you go. Yeah. It's like watching yeah. a horror movie and you're like, no, don't open that. No, just don't <laughs> well, open that door. Right. Which is, which is like also frustrating because you have some agency here. Yeah. to do like to make those right decisions but you can't because the game's like no you're not allowed to do that and uh i i agree with you the the plot was pretty messed up i mean essentially you thought your daughter was dead yep and she's got some sort of power uh, from what i from what i'm take understanding yeah and seems like it yeah and now she's like they threw her into like some sort of canister and yep. she's like they're just using her for some weird uh, I, I don't even know what's going on. Some creepy corporation yet again doing something with children yet again. So it's it's uh it's weird. And and speaking of which, there's there's just so many cutscenes. I don't know how many. Like I I think I only played maybe twenty minutes 
of the game when I when I went through it. And it was just a lot of cutscenes and a lot of eye rolling dialogue. Like it was so it was so cheesy. Like that that first encounter with him and uh that oh I forgot her name. Um like at the at the bar, I was like, I was just like, this is just some well, this is some garbage ass writing, but you know, it, it was it wasn't great. But you know, the game overall was still like it kept you going. It, it at least gave you the motivations, like what's going on and all that stuff. So okay, it, it was serviceable in that sense. So yeah, it, it is going somewhere, you know, right? Which which I appreciated, and and it does all seem to build on you know trying to establish who these characters are and right. why you should care about them. Uh, yeah. but that said, there are a lot of references, I think to the first game. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Cause you know, we didn't play it. Um, but I hate that sense that it creates in me that I'm missing content. Mm. Um, yeah, if, it's if, funny because we were just talking about that other game. Oh my God. What was the other game that we just played? Uh, was it dragon age dragon age? Yeah. Where dragon like age two, two, two did a good job of, like yeah, you're you you're potentially missing st- references, but at the same time, like don't fe- you don't feel like left out if right. that makes like the inside joke kind of thing. You're like oh okay, right. like whatever. So yeah, I think that did a, did a pretty good job with that. Uh, uh, but, I mean, whereas this one, uh, Evil Within Two, wasn't wasn't as as apparent because yeah, there's like so many characters. You're like, who is this person? What do they do? And like you're just like, oh okay, I'm just supposed to assume who this person is and what they do now. Yeah, it definitely feels like playing a sequel. Yeah, definitely. There, 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 there are things it does well that that you would you're like, oh, great, you know that this is important, you know, to get yeah. you into the game. But at the same time, it's maybe it's just too heavy handed with it. I'm not exactly sure mm. how to put my finger on it, but it just feels like the whole time the game is like, do you remember you remember that first game that you played? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't no. remember it because no. I didn't. Uh, well, anything else you wanted to bring up here, Tom? I know you got, uh, you got oh, your list. You got yeah, your list. yeah, I've got I've got a list here. Uh, so there are constant dead ends as you're exploring mm. the the house and things. Like the game is very clearly on rails. Yeah. Um, which gets frustrating. It, it gets it's frustrating to be in control of a character. Go up to a door and the door like you don't get an. It's not like you get an option to interact with the door and they go it's locked. Yeah. It, it's just like no. It's like. There's a door here, but you can't open it. Why? That's oh, plot. That, yeah, that's the thing I don't get either. Like, because there there are games that totally at least put something in the way of a door, yeah. or like you have some sort of like you, you know you could have like a creepy barrier or something in front of it to say okay I can't go that way. But then it's like it, then I feel like you're just wasting time checking doors and stuff like that. Whereas you know you could be playing the game. I don't know. Like if, if it wanted to be an on rail experience uh, like that, those visual cues would have been helpful in, in that sense, just to like kind of push you along in, into the way that they want you to. Clearly they, they have a, a way of getting you there, but yeah. But, um, um, speaking of, of dragging a, a little bit and, and being maybe a little bit unfocused, like I played for an hour basically without running into enemies. Like, it's not entirely true because I did run into you know one late later in the in the game experience, but it, yeah, the action is very slow to start here. Like, mm-hmm. and I guess this leans into what you're saying about the constant uh, cutscenes. But like, yeah. it take this game is a game that while it does get you interested and invested in the characters pretty quickly, yeah, like it takes a while for like 
the story to really start happening and the action to really start happening. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a lot of it's leaning very heavily on the creating the dread and the creating the suspense and yeah. not letting you have weapons and but as a consequence you're not really playing the game or at least not playing the whole game yeah. uh, until pretty far, you know, into it. Yeah, it's true. I um but it's like it's a horror game so there's I don't know, it, there's it's it's a uh it's a push pull kind of thing with that yeah. where you you need to know when when to kind of move on and you know if i if i am going to be someone that's going to be able to do things which you do you do get to like you get a knife you get a pistol yeah. so there is some action in that way but i i think i literally killed maybe two zombies and then that was it like that was i i got up to the guy who was like barricaded in a uh in a house that's like that's basically where i ended my playthrough so um yeah it was but I did get chased by some creepy thing in the beginning. And so there was that. So that was, that was, uh, uh, which, which, you know, again, disturbing. A game is very disturbing and I, you have it as a negative, but I don't know if it's a horror game, it's supposed to be just disturbing. Yeah. I just think, you know, it, it depends on who you are. Like, yeah. I, I don't think, you know, this, the game's loaded with jump scares. Like <laughs> for you, I imagine that should be a negative, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I, I put it in my dislikes for I, you. Yeah, but I, I I mean, I understand the type of game it is. I, I'm going to get jump scares. So it's like the fact that if I, if it was, a, it was a scary game and there was no jump scares or nothing mm. scary about it, I'd be like, sure. mm, okay. is this a scary game? I don't know. Yeah, it's a scary. It, I guess it, it hit its mark. It, yeah. It, 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 it accomplished what it set out to do, which was be a horror game. So yeah. good job. <laughs> good job. Evil Within. Uh, anything else you want to bring up? Or, uh, well, uh, so I do think it's weird, uh, that I found it interesting that I played for an hour, but only encountered one place to save the game. Mm. Um, so I was like, uh Oh, like this sounds bad because that means, you know, like, let's say I not had not found this or didn't found the next one. Like right. I can't just like save and quit. Yep. Um, but simultaneously the game is doing auto saves in the background. <laughs> so like which is it guys like what's the point? like what's the point if the game is all, always auto saving why even have save points uh or why not just let me save and quit like I, I i don't get it i feel like uh they maybe they started off the game in that very resident evil mindset mm. and then they were like oh wait we should probably have auto saves and then just kind of like just leave it just go <laughs> shift this game go <laughs> i don't know but then at the same time, this is the second game. So I'm wondering mm. if the first one has both the same the same thing again, where you have save air like safe areas and then um and then like auto saves. Which to my which I guess that's my that might be the reason why. Like maybe in these hubs, like these safe zones, you can do other things outside of saving, like you know, upgrading your character. Cause I think there's a is there a character or a skill tree? I forget. I don't know. I forget. Oh, well, at least you have weapons and stuff like that you can upgrade. So at least there's that that you could do there and then save. I don't know. That's the only I th- thing. I, I think, think there is a character progression because isn't there like a green slime or green sludge or something like yeah. that you're collecting? Yeah. So, um, which we never got to try. Nope. That's, that's okay. That's okay. Um, for me, the, the, the other thoughts I have here, how long to beat says this game takes about 13 and a half hours to beat. Okay. And 
The problem, though, uh, is that this game is it has Xbox cloud saves, but I don't think the progression like mine specifically said it was for PC. Huh. So I don't know if I loaded up my Xbox, if I would see the game um, like my, my saves in on, on the Xbox, which is, I don't know. It's a little weird in that sense. So I'm not sure if it's fully Xbox like pro- cross progression compatible. So hmm. um it is cloud capable, but you do need a controller. So my uh, oh. TCF toilet compatibility factor is a one out of ten. Oh no! This game. <laughs> so it's okay. Uh, shout out to Dave from Tales from the Backlog for that uh, new acronym to use. And the one thing I will say: this is the same developer that just came out with that game Hi-Fi Rush, which I love, and the game is amazing. If anyone has to play play that, play it. It's awesome. And well, kudos to them for for making that game. I, I did. Top, I yeah. watched. I watched that the trailer after you talk about Hi Fi Rush so much, yes. and I love that the trailer is like from the creators of Evil, the, the Evil Within, <laughs> and the Evil Within too. And they're like, no, seriously, like we, we yeah. did, we did make those. <laughs> yeah, because it's such a departure from this kind of game. It right? really is. It really is. But it's so good. Um, but Tom, we got to find out though. Is this a game that we're going to be keeping on our collective uh, hard drives? But before we get to that, we wanted to let you know about a spectacular sponsor, Winner Winner. Winner Winner is a live arcade claw machine game available on Android and iOS, and it's 100% skill-based. Trust me, if you see me play my games, you know I'm not that great, and I still have won games on my first try. There's hundreds of prizes, even featuring gaming merch from Nintendo. Pick your prize from choices in your particular game, or bank your earnings with tickets to redeem any other prize you want from their wide selection. And for all you lovely people listening or watching our show, you can get bonus tokens on your first app token purchase. Download and create your account, then use the link in the episode's description to enter promo code What It Do after you sign in. Check it out. It's Clawsome. Well, well, well. Okay, 13 and a half hours doesn't sound too bad, uh, but Frankly, for me, there there are just too many references to the first game for me to enjoy playing the second one first. Like I, it'd be like going and watching the Two Towers before watching the Fellowship mm, of the Ring. Like that's yeah. the way that it feels to me. Um, I definitely think this is a series that needs to be played in order. So I, I think if you're going to play this game, play The Evil Within first, and then yeah. play this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So that expands the how long to beat from 13 and a half, which sounds pretty great to I'm sure closer to 30, which sounds a whole lot less great. So (laughs) you could watch a YouTube recap. I don't know. Okay. You know what? Maybe I'll think about it. (laughs) I did enjoy playing it. It's not like I didn't have fun playing this. So right. How about you? Uh, For me, it's a tough one, but I can see the polish and the pedigree of the developers. I really can. Like, it it, it is a pretty polished game overall. Um, And it's a scary game, so I generally don't like scary games. No. But honestly, this game made, this development team made one of my favorite games, possibly of all time, I got to say. And I'll I'll keep playing Hi-Fi Rush, but I'm going to probably put this one down for now. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so those are our thoughts. Let us know what you think of this game. Follow us on Twitter at TC1H1D or shoot us an email at TC1H1D at Outlook.com. Check out our next streams on Twitch at twitch.tv slash 1H1D. And if you're watching this on YouTube, try to send us a comment down below and we'll try to comment back to you. 
And as always, Tom, 1H1D is part of the QTB network. And if you like gaming podcasts and all that other crazy cool content that they do at Quit the Bill, check them all out at quitthebill.com slash network. They can also check us out there. Yeah, we're there doing some stuff. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) But Tom, we got to do one more thing, don't we? Yes, we need to know what it is that we're playing next. Yes. Spoiler, it's not Hi-Fi Rush. It's not Hi-Fi Rush, unfortunately. Well, I mean, because I'm already playing it. It's great. But uh, the surprise button is going to tell us what we're playing next. So here we go. Okay. Am I surprised? uh, Maybe. It is Rainbow Billy, the Curse of the Leviathan. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it was part of our Twitter poll, which did did not do very well. But guess what? Surprise button said, you're playing this game anyway. So that's what we're doing. That's the game we're playing next. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And we will catch you on the next one. Thanks, everybody. 